And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Acts chapter 6, if you don't mind, turn to verse, let's read verse 15, not verse 15, 13, 14, and 15. Verse 13 reads, and set upon false witnesses, and we're still talking about for those of you who are coming in and to do a brief review, we're talking about the alliance of uh, five synagogues, the men from five synagogues coming together. They've stood up the crowd and they found false witnesses, amen, to, to, uh, to lie on Stephen. And the Holy Spirit through Luke is telling us exactly what happened. It is a plot to defame him because he has information, revelation knowledge, we said, that religious people don't have. And so we left off discussing last week three false charges of blasphemy with which Stephen was indicted. And we'll look at them, but let's read the text. Acts chapter 6 verse 13 says, And set up false witnesses, the men from the other synagogues set up false witnesses, which said, This man, this man, Stephen, ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place. And that's the temple. Amen. And the law, the law of Moses. Verse 14 reads, Praise God. You have this 14. It reads, For we have heard him say, that this Jesus of Nazareth, since, you know, I want to, these verses loaded, I want to spend some time on this verse. I think that the only verse I might uh, deal with today, because notice what they said. This Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus Christ the Lord. Notice how they are attacking his deity. You know, just a nobody. This Jesus. And we're going to deal with that, because how many of you would agree that the deity of Jesus Christ is under attack? The doctrine of the deity of Jesus is on the tack. Amen. What we do, brothers and sisters, is we, we, we and, and, and even in the church sometimes, there are people who believe that Jesus is not God. When, Bible clear, when the Bible clearly communicates that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's God. I will talk about it in a while, praise God. So they said, this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place. And we'll talk a little bit about Nazareth because they continue to demean him by attaching Nazareth to him. Amen. We'll elaborate shortly. Shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. Yes, he's going to do that because he's a shake and a mover. That's what he does. He changes things for the better. When Jesus comes in somebody's life, they are never the same. He will change you for the better, set you on a course, on a path to succeed. Amen. Empower you with your destiny. Things will never be the same. Glory be to God. How many of you thank God for Jesus? Amen. He'll set your soul on fire. Amen. Glory be to God. Oh, verse, verse, verse 15, the last verse. And all that sat in the council, the, son, the council, the Sanhedrin, they dragged Stephen to the council, the Sanhedrin. And while he was there, while the false witnesses are coming one after the other, one after the other, all of a sudden, 
The Bible says the council began to look steadfastly at on Stephen. Why? Because they saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. All of a sudden, God intervened. And God is saying, look, only one person in the room is right, and that is Stephen. But you know, brothers and sisters, what we said last week, we said religious people are not interested in the truth. Did, that did not even faze them. To see the man face lit up like the face of an angel. It's like they didn't see it. Because their hearts are so hardened. They have their own agenda. The very Moses they're talking about, the very same thing happened to Moses in Exodus. Moses went on the mountaintop, spent 40 days with God. He came back down and his face was what? Looking like the face of an angel. If they were about God and about Moses for real, they would have remembered, hey, we're talking about Moses and here is a man's face who's shining like Moses. So he must be right. Oh, but that doesn't matter to them. Like it doesn't matter. Some things doesn't matter to us because we have our own agenda. Are you with me, saints? It doesn't matter to them. God is telling them, look, this man is correct because his face is shining like Moses. The Moses you are worshiping. The Moses you are zealous about. But that doesn't matter to them. Let's quickly go over the three indictments and we'll get into, into this verse, verse 14. The, the first charge they brought against Stephen is that they said he's, he's blasphemed against God. We saw that in Acts chapter 6 verse 11. They hired men and they said, look, uh, he's blasphemed against God. In Acts chapter 6 verse 13, they brought the, accusi the, the, the indictment of the temple. Amen? Stephen was not saying that God no longer dwells in temples. If you read his speech, amen, in Acts chapter 7, he wasn't saying that. He wasn't saying God no longer uh, dwells in temples. It's just that he was saying God has changed, has chosen to choose the type of temple he decided to dwell in. Not temples made by hands. Amen. We are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Knowing not that you are the temple of God. And that's what Stephen is saying. Stephen is saying, hey, the day is coming. You remember, I think in John chapter 4. When Jesus was speaking about the woman, speaking of the woman at the well, I'm talking too fast, glory be to God. He was speaking of the woman at the well and he told the woman at the well, the day is going to come when you, when worshiping, whether it's in, on our hill or your hill, it doesn't matter. But God is looking for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. It is not about a building. That's what Jesus was, that's what Stephen was saying. But they are so zealous about a temple. And just for information, which temple? It was the temple Herod built. A politician. Let me move along here. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. So, Stephen was not saying that God no longer dwells in temples. God dwells in his church. The place sanctified, set apart. He's in our heart. Amen? And it's clear that God was not in their heart. And the last indictment before I move to verse 14 is found in Acts chapter 6 verse 13 they said Stephen was preaching against the law of Moses he was not brothers and sisters as I said if you read his speech he was, he was Stephen was preaching that Christ fulfills the law mm, that's what Stephen, Stephen was saying the law is a shadow 
Christ is the substance that fulfills the shadow. The law is embodied in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what I've noticed in the church. I've noticed in the church that people, and you know, I, I'm, I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just telling you as somebody who's, I've, I've been in church for a little while, amen? We, for some reason, are so knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about everything else except Jesus. It's because that's where the power is. We get distracted about everything else. And get knowledgeable about everything else except Jesus. It's just a distraction. I'll tell you this much. There's only one name whereby anybody can be saved. <laughs> not by any name, not by any other name. Are you getting what I'm saying, brother? Not by any other name, not by the name of any fist. Are you getting what I'm saying? When Jesus said in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus was saying, look, I've got a monopoly on the way. He didn't say, I am a way. No, he said, I am the way. I am the only way. Not Buddha, not Muhammad. Not, are you with me, saints? Not Hare Krishna, not any of the, I am, I am. And the very same, the very first place the word I am was used is in Exodus. I am the way. I am. He's telling them, I am the one. Who commissioned Moses in Exodus chapter 3. I am the one. In John chapter 8 when he was speaking to the Jews. He told the Jews. Before Abraham. I am. John chapter 8 verse 36 I think. He said before. They said you are not 50 years old. And you're talking about it. He said before Abraham. Same word. I am. How much must God through Jesus tell us that he is God. And we not accept it. If only the church gets gung-ho about Jesus, like we get gung-ho about everything else, we would have been further. If only we immerse in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, that's what I came to talk about this morning. Amen. But we said all the indictments, they were all lies. We know that. Amen. We affirmed that last week. Verse 11 says, they hired, they suborned, hired men, Hired here, they secretly and unlawfully bribed and induced men, paid and told them what to say. So we know whatever they were saying is a lie. Don't you forget I said last week, brothers and sisters, that there is one person behind the plot, and that's the devil. He's the one who came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he still, he has the same intention today. He's still trying to kill. He's still trying to steal and destroy. But he's more subtle. He's trying to kill relationships. Amen. He's trying to he's trying to uh, to kill our. He's he he's, he especially he especially he specializes especially in character assassination. That's what he does because he wants to take our voice, and if he can take your character, he'll take your voice. That's why we got to be vigilant. We got to be sober and be vigilant because the devil. Like a warring lion seeking whom he may devour. Since we cannot be catch, we cannot be caught off guard. These are the last days. We got to get our Christian life tight. People out there looking for help. They're looking for direction. They're looking for genuine people. People who love the Lord. People who can speak a word. There's a lot of confusion out there. 
And Jesus is saying, I am the way. If you're looking for truth, I am the truth. I am not just some truth. I am the embodiment of truth. And he said, I am life. You're looking for life. Life out of Christ is a mess. Life in Christ, brother, you got some life going on. You got direction, amen, you got perspective, glory be to God, and you're going to heaven. Oh, what a blessing, amen. Verse 12 told us, told us they stirred up the people, they could not. <laughs> they got the people emotionally inflamed, amen. <laughs> a bunch of cowards, if you ask me. They did not, they stirred up the people, uh, took advantage of innocent people because they couldn't carry on their plot, their plot without the people. And I said, people together are powerful. When we come as one, brother, we are dangerous. And that's what the devil is trying to do. He's trying his best to keep us divided. Amen. But as I said, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, who, our, we have one adversary, and that's whom? The devil. I am not your adversary. You are not my adversary. The devil is our adversary. Now, he may use me or use you. But we are not each other's adversary. So it's, it behooves you and I to look over my head and see who's whisper, whispering in my ear. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Oh, glory be to Jesus. Amen. And all he does, he roars. He has no teeth. He roars. Walking about. Oh, glory be to Jesus. We got First John 4, 7. It says... Sanctify yourself. It says, oh, resist the devil. And he will do what? Flee from you. I submit to you, we are not resisting enough. No, we are not resisting enough, brothers and sisters. We are not resisting. Oh, we talk a lot. We say a lot of other things. But we are not resisting the devil. I think it's not 4-7. Four, four, I think it's James 4-7. Sorry, is it James 4-7? It says, resist the devil. James will submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? What he will do if you flee? You'll res you have to resist him. And you resist him in the name of Jesus. You say, Satan, in the name of Jesus. That's what you tell him. Get you behind me. Or better yet, get thee beneath my feet. You, 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 you see, Jesus, <laughs> the time is coming, brothers and sisters, where Jesus has got to be real to some of us. I said some of us, not all of us, because many, some people believe they can do it without Jesus. But the time is coming when you and I have to realize we cannot live this life without Jesus Christ. Your argument and my argument will not cut it. The day is coming where we have to be knowledgeable. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Notice what verse 14 says. Verse 14, give, verse 14 gives an example of the slant they put on Stephen's words. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to deal with the deity of Jesus, the doctrine of the deity of Jesus in a while. Because that's what's missing in the church. I submit to you, the reason why the church is powerless is because we are not... We've not been immersed in the doctrine of the deity of Jesus. We think Jesus is just another man. Jesus is a man. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah. And he's Lord and God. And I'm going to show you in the Bible. That's what scripture says. 
And if scripture says it, then we agree with it. The Bible is final authority. The final court of arbitration. And the reason why it's not working for us is because we've not seen the Bible as the final court of arbitration. The Bible is not final authority for many Christians. And that is why we are not seeing the promises. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, In him, in Jesus, all the promises are yes. And amen. That's in Jesus. If you don't see him as the Bible proclaims him to be, you'll see nothing. It's been a major problem in Christendom. We are not familiar with the doctrine. And not only familiar, we haven't fully embraced the doctrine of the deity of Jesus. Many of us are still speaking like these men from the synagogue. This Jesus. Buddy, you better back up some, some, you better back up a bit when you come talking about this Jesus. Because you're talking about the creator of heaven and earth. He's not just this Jesus. He's king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus made some claims nobody made. When Jesus said I'm the way, nobody has ever said I am the way. Nobody has ever said, I got a monopoly on the way to God. Nobody has ever said that but Jesus Christ. So when you come talking about this Jesus, you better back up a bit and reconsider. For we, they said in verse 14, for we have heard him said that this Jesus of Nazareth, this Jesus, as I said, you see what they're trying to do. Mm? They dress him as this Jesus, like a nobody. <laughs> Not as Jesus Christ the Lord. You know, I was reading that and I've been studying this and the Lord just brought that to my attention while I was ready. I was unpacking the verse yesterday and the Lord said to me, look how they try to demean him. And it's still going on in the church and so I want to deal with it. The same approach has been adopted by a lot of people today. The deity of Jesus has been under attack since he resurrected. That is why, that is why when he resurrected, he hung around for 40 days. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Jesus hung around for 40 days. Why? According to Luke, in Acts chapter 1 verse 3, to give indisputable evidence. A proof of his resurrection. That's why he hung, he hung around. Jesus hung around to ensure that his followers were fully persuaded. That he resurrected. And that he's alive. Jesus was Jesus. Jesus. I, I, I love him. The man. The God. The Messiah. Is. I'm looking for a word. It just slept me. Oh, glory. I'll get it. He'll come back. God is good. Amen. But he's not looking to prove himself to anybody. When Jesus rose from the dead, if, if it's me, as soon as I rise from the dead, the first person I'm going to is Pilate. And while he's asleep, I'm coming at the end of his bed. And I'm shaking, saying, is your hands, are your hands clean now? But Jesus doesn't have time for that. Because he knows that he's the man. He's whom? He's the man. The Bible says, I think in Philippians 2.10, every knee <laughs> shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and under the earth. Verse 11 says, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. 
<laughs> Woo! I'm talking about Jesus. Everybody's going to bow. Those who think the high mickey mickey mouse. Those who think they are somebody. Oh, I can't. God, I will be there looking at them bowing. The Bible told us of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter 16. The rich man, he died and he ended up in hell. And he looked up in heaven. He looked up. You know people in heaven know what's going on on the earth. You know that? People who are in heaven know what's going on in the earth. Go, they are very much aware. Revelation chapter 6 tells us. The apostle John said, God gave him a vision. And he looked beneath the altar. And he saw the souls of those who were slain. And the people are asking God, when are you asking God for revenge? When are you going to take revenge on the people who killed us? People who are in heaven, they know what's going on on the earth. They know who killed them. They know who betrayed them. Ah, glory be to Jesus. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. And so he wanted to ensure that his followers were fully persuaded of his deity. Fully persuaded of his deity. You know, understanding the deity of Jesus is fundamental in defending the truth of the Christian faith. Understanding the deity of Jesus Christ. Very, very important. The men from this synagogue saw Jesus as an ordinary man. Stephen saw him as a hundred percent man and hundred percent God. And that's what the Bible communicates. The Bible says he's a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. Amen. Now, because the Bible is final authority, because the Bible is what? Final authority, the final court of arbitration. We just agree. We have to agree with that. No, I, I did not say if scripture is final authority. I said because scripture is final authority. The Bible is not final authority for many Christians. You cannot say the Bible say but. <laughs> the Bible say but. There is no buts about it. The Bible say, and I agree. Uh, glory. Listen to what? Listen, brothers and sisters, to what angel Gabriel told Mary. When Mary said to him, how am I going to get pregnant by myself? <laughs> Listen to what angel, he said to Mary. He said, I stand, before he spoke to Mary, this is the man, this is the angel who stands in the presence of God. He said to Zachariah, I'm coming to give you good news. He said, I stand in the presence of God. He said, Zachariah, I have seen power. I know what power looks like. I stand in the presence of the creator. And I'm bringing you good news. And you have the audacity. <laughs> he, when Mary asked him, he said to Mary, you are going to get pregnant. Mary said, how am I going to do that without? By myself. He said to Mary in, in, in Luke chapter 1 verse 37. He said with God. All things. Are possible. So when you ask me. How can Jesus be the son of God. How can Jesus be a man. How can Jesus be God and Lord. With God. All things. <laughs> That's the word. All things are possible. God can be a man if he wants to because it's possible. God can be, are you getting what I'm saying? The thing is easy. We are the ones making it difficult. 
Christian told me, Sisi. She said, he said unto all things, for nothing is impossible. Oh, glory Jesus. For with God, nothing is impossible. Because nothing is impossible with God. God can choose to be a man if he wants to. Amen. So Thomas, so was Thomas. You remember Thomas? Who had problems with the deity of Jesus. He was not around the first time when Jesus appeared to his disciples. Are you with me? He wasn't there. And so he was absent the first time. The second time around in John chapter 20. Can you go to John? We got to read it. John chapter 20 verse 26 to 29. I want you to see. I want you to see what's happening here. I got to deal with that sins because uh, today the deity of Jesus is under attack. And we in the church, we are not sure about Jesus. We are sure about everything else. But we are not entrenched in the doctrine of the deity of Jesus. And I, and I submit to you, that's why we are not getting the results we are supposed to. Because he said, Jesus said, it just thought, Jesus said in uh, Mark chapter 15 verse 16, he said, And these signs shall follow them, he said, in my, in my name. He said, is it Mark? Mark? No, 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 it's Mark. Mark chapter, Mark chapter, Mark chapter, can you go to first? Can you go to Mark chapter 16? So the last chapter, Mark chapter 16, sorry. Mark chapter 16, go to verse 15. It starts, it starts with, and he said unto them, can you go to verse, verse, can you go to verse uh, 16? Thank you so much. Sorry about that. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Can you go to verse 17? Oh, glory. And these signs shall do what? Follow them that believe. Believe in me. He said in my name. If you do not believe in the deity of Jesus, you will get nothing in his name. And that is the problem we have in the church. No results because the deity of Jesus is on the tack. You cannot say this Jesus like he's an ordinary man. This Jesus, buddy, you better back up and reconsider what you're saying. And those of you who are looking, if you've not settled that, maybe that's why we're not getting the results we're supposed to. Because maybe it's not our God as we're supposed to. Oh God, I give you praise. He said it's in my name. And so the second time. He appeared. Can you go to John chapter 20, verse 26 and 29? The second time he appeared to them. You see, Thomas spoke before. You see, when you're this, we Christians, we like to express our dissatisfaction, our hurt, our disappointment. Thomas said, No, 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 no. Unless I take my finger and I stick and I, and I thrust it on his side. Unless I take my finger and I thrust it in, in his hands, I, I wouldn't believe. Jesus wasn't there. Yeah, he was just talking noise like most of us do. I, I don't believe. I don't. Who gives a rip whether you believe or not? We, we, we agree with what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Who cares what you believe? We got to believe what the Bible says. Because it's only after we believe it works. This is what the Bible says. After eight days, again, his disciples were with him. And Thomas was with them this time. Then came Jesus. Jesus. The doors being shut. 
The doors were closed, brothers and sisters. He didn't need any door to be opened. <laughs> and he stood in the midst of them. He just appeared and said, peace. That's where we get our communion. Before we have communion, we said, the peace of the Lord be with you. That's where we get it from. Shalom. Amen. Peace be unto you. Can you go to verse 27? When he said that, then saith Thomas, he, he, he had said, Thomas had a lot of mouth in his absence. Now he appeared. Notice what Jesus did. Then saith he, to, he went straight to the one who had problems with his deity. Straight to the man who did not recognize him as God. And he said to Thomas, reach hither thy finger. He said, stretch your finger. And behold my hands, put it into my hands, and reach thither your hand, and thrust it, take your other hand, and put it onto my side. And he told Thomas, be not faithless, but believing. Let's see what Thomas said. For those of you who said, he's not Lord and he's not God. Thomas said, my Lord, <laughs> and my God. That's what the scripture says. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is God. What Jesus was saying, Thomas, I can show you more than I can tell you. Yeah, I can show you that I'm Lord. You will have to come to that conclusion. <laughs> oh, glory be. And since we haven't seen him that way, he's not Lord in our mind. Oh, we talk about God and God. No problem with that. But the Bible says he is God. And many of us cannot pass. And that's the problem. We read the promises and we said, what's going on? Well, it's because our concept of Jesus Christ is not right. Right here, the Bible says, he said to Jesus. And notice what Jesus said when Thomas said that. When Thomas said, my Lord and my God, Jesus said, no, no, Thomas, don't you say that. I'm just a man. No, Jesus didn't say that. He received the worship because he's God. He didn't stop Thomas. No, he didn't. Because he knew someday down the road, some of us who think we are smart would challenge his deity. So he left it like that. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believed. He said, blessed are they that have not seen me with their physical eye, but they've seen me with their, phys with their, with their heart. Brothers and sisters, they have revelation knowledge. Like Stephen had revelation knowledge. You, you, you see, seeing Jesus physically doesn't matter. It's when you immerse in God's word and you see him yourself. That's why when Paul, Paul didn't walk with Jesus. Paul said to the saints in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1 verse 12. He said, the gospel I preach to you. I got it because of a revelation. He said, I immerse myself for three years. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Three and a half years I was in Arabia. You know, uh, what's that famous preacher he died? Um, the famous evangelist, Billy Graham. Billy, they asked Billy Graham, if you had three and a half years to preach the gospel, what, left, what would you do? He said, I would take three years to study and six months to preach. He said, I would immerse myself in God's word for three years. And then I would do more in six months. He's talking about the immersion process. Ah. 
Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> ah, since Thomas became, if you follow Thomas's life, he became so fully persuaded. And he was preaching in Asia. And he said, Thomas, we need you to stop. He said, I cannot stop. Like Jeremiah, he said, I cannot stay. I had to preach the word because I ran into the deity of Jesus. And they took a sword and thrust him through. And he died. That's what happened. You catch on fire when you run into Jesus. <laughs> he shakes up things. Amen. He makes things right. He gives you a brand new perspective. His life. Glory be to Jesus. At a crucial point in his ministry, Jesus, in Matthew 16, 15, records a question that I think we all should ask ourselves. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. We all should ask ourselves that question. I think if we are honest with ourselves, many of us, we don't have that question settled. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? I think every believer must sit down and ask themselves. I remember I wrestled with that question years ago. Wrestled. Whom do you say that I am? And if as a Christian you don't have the wrong, the right answer, something is wrong. When Jesus, and it was early in their ministry, because there are some things you need to have settled as a Christian. That's one of the questions you need to have settled. If you're going to be an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, you need and I need to have that question settled. Whom do you say that I am? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. I'm not going to further develop that question, but I'll leave that question for you to ask yourself. <laughs> Amen at the house and hopefully answer it. <laughs> so the Bible is final authority. The final court of arbitration. If the Bible says that Jesus is Lord and God, as Thomas said, then he is. And you say, why? Well, Numbers 23, 16 says, God is not a man that he can lie. Amen. Romans chapter 3, verse 4 says, let God be true and every human being a liar. I think it's Titus chapter 1, verse 2 says, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. The Bible is final authority. It's the inerrant word of God. If the Bible says Jesus is Lord, then he is Lord. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. So when one tries to demean him, amen, the deity of Jesus, as I said, buddy, you better back up and reconsider. The equality of Jesus' deity with God is given to us. Can you go to 1 John chapter 2? 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 21, 23. Let's read quickly. It says, Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. And the text here is, denies the equality, the equality of the Father and the Son. So if you do not, if you deny the equality, of the father and the son you are bordering on antichrist philosophy that's what the bible says here it says right here uh, verse verse can you go to verse 23 whosoever denieth the son the same hath not the father but he that acknowledges the son hath the father also the bible is right there says right here and he's talking about the equality of Jesus Christ with God. Amen. 
Jesus' divinity is part of the doctrine of the Trinity, which states that within the one being that is God, there exist externally three co-equal and co-eternal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You remember Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Jump over to verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3, verse three tells you what it says in verse 3. John, I mean John. I moved. I left Genesis. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You got John? John chapter 1 verse 3. It says all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made. That was, who, who made all things according to scripture? Jesus. Jesus. And, and jump over to verse 14. Let's bring it home. Verse 14. John chapter 1 verse 14 of the same chapter. Here it says. And the word was what? And the. <laughs> it, is, it is there. The deity of Jesus. Creator. It is right there. Why are we having problems? Why can we embrace the doctrine of the deity of Jesus Christ? That is why we are, we've become so ineffective since. Because we don't have this. We, have, we haven't had the question settled in our minds, in our hearts. Whom do you say that I am? Finally, in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. God commissioned Moses to go back to Egypt to, lead, to let my people go. Moses responded in verse 13. This is what Moses said. Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers have sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is thy name? What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse 14, God said unto Moses, Tell them, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me. I am that I am. Amen. Fast forward. Jesus filled in the blank. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. <laughs> Are you with me? John chapter 6 verse 35. Jesus said, I am. God said, I am that I am. He left it the blank open. Whatsoever I am, whatsoever you want me to be, I'll be. Jesus came and he started filling in the blank. And he said in John chapter 6 verse 35, I am the bread of life. John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10 verse 7, I am the door of the ship. John chapter 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Glory be to Jesus. John chapter 15 verse 1, I am the true vine. He even told Mary in John chapter 11 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. <laughs> what is the problem then? About the deity of Jesus. I am that I am. He's here. He's in the house. And then he said, I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. Same Jesus. 
Same Jesus. Can somebody give him praise? Somebody give him glory. Somebody give him honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's been trying his best to communicate the truth to the Jews, but they would not accept it. Trying his best to communicate the, the, Jew, the, the truth. They would not accept it. He told a lady in Samaria in John 4, he said, she said, I know Messiah is going to come. And Jesus said, I am he who's speaking to you. She didn't pick up stones and try to stone him like the Jews did. She went and said, come see a man. <laughs> oh glory, come. Who told me? You see, when you meet Jesus, you are not insecure. When you meet Jesus, you are so innocent. You tell on yourself. I have done everything. God, we give you praise. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. He said, I am. I'm the one speaking to you. I'm the Messiah. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for Jesus. 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 My Lord and my God. Our Lord and our God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey. Hebrews 4.15 says that we have a high priest who's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. He can identify with us. Amen. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. He's our high priest. Our apostle in heaven. Hey, glory be to Jesus. He is in the ministry of... of uh, Right, not reconcile. He's done that already. No, no, the one where you pray on behalf of people. Intercess. Thank you. He's in the intercessory business. He's the greatest intercessor. He goes to God on your behalf, on my behalf. Glory be to Jesus. He is the one who steps in and says, Father, not guilty. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Man, he's a wonderful savior. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. So when you start talking about this Jesus, buddy, you better back up. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And he roots for the underdog. You know, he always does that. He roots for the underdog. Those whom society doesn't like. I'm talking about I'm the, the poor. I'm talking about the fatherless. I'm talking. <laughs> hey, glory be to Jesus. That's his protected class. And notice what these people, notice what these people tried to do. They further tried to demean him. Can you go to the text quickly? I promise I'm almost done. But I need you to see what they're doing. Uh, uh, Acts chapter, let's go to verse, verse 14. Let's see what they're doing. And let me show you, brothers and sisters, what they're doing here. Acts chapter 14, verse 15. You got Acts chapter 6. That's our text. 
Glory. I, I, have, I had much more to say about that. But I want to finish the text. <laughs> I want to finish the text. Amen. Not this Jesus of whom? Acts chapter 6 verse 14. This Jesus of where? Nazareth. Not this Jesus of Jerusalem. Now let me share with you. Nazareth. Nazareth was a despised city. Considered inferior by the rest of Israel. The people were conquered people, especially despised by the Romans. The city and its citizens were the object of, of deep prejudice by the Jews and Romans alike. You remember when Philip told Nathaniel about the Messiah. Nathaniel said in John chapter 1 verse 46. Can you go to the text? Let us see how now. When Philip told Nathaniel, I have found the Messiah. And hear what Nathaniel said. In John chapter 1 verse 46. And Nathaniel said unto him. Can there any good thing come up? <laughs> I have news. I have news for you all. God sent an angel to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To Mary and Joseph. <laughs> oh yes yes listen to me a city is not judged by God based on the tall buildings it's not judged by God based on the advantages and the advancement in the city a city is judged by God based on the righteous people living in the city God said to Abraham if I can find five righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> All I need is five righteous people. God couldn't find five righteous people. I'll tell you how what God looks at a city. He looks at the righteous people in the city. Not the city's advancement. Not the technological advances. Not the, not the tall buildings. But let me see how many righteous people <laughs> that's in there. That's how God judges a city. That's how he looks at a city. Not as human beings do. Yeah. Anybody righteous in here? Yeah. <laughs> yes! I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm righteous not because I deserve it. I'm righteous because he chose to make me righteous. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, glory be to Jesus. I tell you, God is a good God. Isn't he a wonderful Savior? Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me just bring it to a close. Can you go to verse 15? Let's look at verse 15. I looked at verse 15 already, but... And as they were, as they were demeaning him... As they were demeaning Christ and disrespecting God's men, Stephen. The Bible says all of a sudden, they began to gaze at his face. All of a sudden, they began to gaze at his face. Because his face looked like that of an angel. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Isn't God a wonderful savior? And what God was trying to do is reach the very people who were trying to murder Stephen. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to reach them. Trying to, trying to get them to recognize you are in error. Because God is love. 
He's trying to reach the people and the only way he can do it is through just, just letting Stephen look like an angel. Because you know they believe in angels. You know some people believe more in angels than in Jesus. <laughs> they do. Amen, they do. Glory be to Jesus. But angels worship him and bow at his feet. Amen, you remember when he told, when he told um, uh, was it Pilate? He said, unto Pilate, he said, um, Pilate said, don't you know that I have power? I have power to, uh, what, what was the exact word? He said, he, he told Jesus, he, he, he insinuated that he had power over Jesus. And Jesus said, you have no power except it be given to you from above. You don't have power. God is in this thing. Because I can call 10,000 angels and get me out of this place. But I'm laying down my life for the sheep. He said, nobody took my life. I laid down myself. Oh God, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Since we need to ensure that we have a good understanding of the doctrine of the deity of Jesus. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. When I understood that, I began to see a lot of results in my Christian life. Things begin to work for me. Things begin to click for me. Are you with me? The world wants you, the world wants you, you and I, to talk about God. They do not want us to talk about Jesus. They do not talk about God all day. But anytime you bring up the name of Jesus, and it's, it's, it's all the devil, it's the plan of the devil because he knows that there is only one, it's, it's only through one name. It's only through one name. Peter said, it's faith in that name and that name whereby sickness and disease and demons bow is in the name of Jesus. So anytime you can talk about God, now we know Jesus is God, but it didn't say, it didn't say in the name of God. Some of you looking at me. And God is being purposeful at that. Well, some of you don't believe. Let's, let's go to what the Bible says. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And let's read it if you don't believe me. Let's read it. Glory be to Jesus. I'm trying to paraphrase for you. You're looking at me like, what is he talking about? Let's go. Philippians chapter 2. Let's go. Philippians chapter 2. And let's read the word of God. Amen. That's why you, we need to read God's word. It says, can you go further down? Philippians chapter 2. Yeah, let's go about verse 12. Yeah, thank you so much. Is it Philippians chapter 2? I'm looking for where it says he, who, who been in the form of God. Is it verse 5? Who been in the form of God. Yes, thank you so much. Wherefore God also exalted him. Can you back up a little further? Verse about 3, verse 3, 4, 5, I think. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's read what the Bible says. This is where you want to end up. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? And that we're talking about humility. Amen? Who been in the form of what? Form here is the very same thing. Essence. Just like. Thought it not robbery to be equal what? What The Bible says he's what? Equal with God. It's right there. But he did not. He did not grab onto that title or just stay that way. He relinquished it. Because he saw you and I being taken advantage of by the devil. He saw totalitarians taking advantage of people. 
He saw Elijah. Let me, many, I've heard many people say, I want to be like prophet Elijah. God told Elijah, he gave Elijah three. He told Elijah, I want you to do three things for me. I want you to go ahead. Lord, help me remember. He said, I want you to go ahead and anoint Jehu as king. He didn't. He said, I want you to go. And there was one other thing he said to him. But the last thing he said to him, I want you to go ahead and name your replacement. Out of these three commands God gave Elijah, he did one. He just went and he replaced, he, he renamed, he named his replacement. He disobeyed God. And God took him to heaven after he disobeyed God. Isn't that something else? I'm saying this because I know a lot of people said, I want to be like Prophet Elijah. No, 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 no. You want to be like Jesus the Messiah. <laughs> That's who you want. I want to be. Don't, don't be like a man who disobeyed God. Verse 7. Can you go to verse 7? Verse 7 says, verse 7, quickly. But made himself of what? No reputation. And took upon himself the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of a man. <laughs> Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. Because it was so humiliating. He could die any other way, but he experienced the, the most humiliating death there could be. And that is to take a man and parade him around a city naked. Let me tell you. <laughs> If you read about how the Romans crucify their people, they parade them first around naked. Can you imagine Mary seeing her son being paraded naked? <laughs> Wherefore, because of that, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above. That is why the devil doesn't like the name of Jesus. Because that's where the power is. He wants you to say God all day. Say God. I have no problem with God. Jesus is God. But brother when you talk about Jesus. Hell trembles. They tremble. Are you with me? The seven sons of Sceva. The seven sons of Sceva. That is why you got to be. You got to be familiar with that name. You, you. The seven sons of Sceva who never recognized the deity of Jesus. They saw Paul casting out demons. They came to a demon-possessed man. And they said in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, not whom I know. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. The demon said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But... <laughs> Oh, glory be to Jesus. You have no right to use that name. You've not submitted your life to that name. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? 
Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.